It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in from First Presbyterian Church. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett. And we are pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. So uh, this is the not really all that close to Groundhog Day edition of the Monday check-in. Yeah, we are. We're slogging our way through the season of Epiphany. Is that? Do you slog through Epiphany? Is that a thing? I don't know. It's longer this year than it is in other years. How many of our loyal listeners would even know that we're in the season of Epiphany? All of them. All they of all, them. They all. Mm-hmm. We have fifty-one uh, YouTube subscribers. I know. I know. So that's good, but it's not a hundred. Should I get us more? Do you want, do you, do we want to try to get up to a hundred? Well, should we not be fishers of people, Greg? Indeed. <laughs> Sounds like you're preparing for Youth Sunday next week. <laughs> oh, little sneak preview <laughs> for a, a couple of Sundays away, but that's not the Sunday that we're going to preview today uh, in the Monday check-in, uh, which is what we usually do. Uh, we take a look at the scriptures, or at least some of the scriptures that we're going to use. For the upcoming worship service, talk a little bit about some of the themes, some of the questions, uh, maybe some of the problems, maybe some of the answers uh, found in the text. Who knows, right? And then we switch gears and talk a little bit about life of the church, what's going on, what folks might want to be aware of. So, and uh, our our regular listeners will know um, before we do the opening prayer, we now have a theme song for the Monday check-in. So they just heard that again, um, and we should offer and will offer and do offer our thanks and appreciation to Hannah Jensen-Heitman for helping to to record that. So I do need to make note that uh, one of our loyal regular listeners did ask me about said theme song. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. With a great deal of curiosity and joy and said, who wrote that new theme song? And is that Damon singing about so, well, yeah, he says the Bible, Greg, and me, who else would it be? Yeah, who else? <laughs> but uh, she she was delighted by the theme song and uh, made note of that. So uh, I have now duly noted that to you. You are aware of that. It's been noted. Uh, it's on the record. So <clears throat> she'll be reflected in the minutes from today's meeting. Opening prayer. I think it's my turn. Indeed. Loving and gracious God, thank you for the opportunity to gather in this way. Thank you for the opportunity to share in conversation and to share in pondering and thinking and wondering what these words uh, inspired by you might mean for our lives today, uh, what they might have meant uh, for those, for all who have encountered them, I suppose, throughout the years. Um, may our conversation, may our questions, uh, may our, I don't know, surprises, whatever else we come across in this, in this study, um, be, be contained, be driven by, be found within your Holy Spirit. 
your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so this Sunday, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is upcoming Sunday is January 30th, I think. And we have two scripture readings. Uh, which one do you want me to read first? Does it matter? Um, let's see how I have them listed in the bulletin. Well, I'm going to bet that you that have much. Jeremiah first. Uh, nope, I have 1 Corinthians 13 first. Because the intention back when I mapped out this schedule was that I was going to primarily focus on Jeremiah as the um, sermon went. Uh, and that could change over the course of the week and over the course of this conversation. But as of right now, um, I, I was thinking about Jeremiah's call story, which is which was going to lead the sermon, but then tying that back into 1 Corinthians 13 and love the title of the sermon the working title of the sermon right now is called invited to love and serve so there invited is an interesting word uh, yeah invited is different than called because last week the sermon There's title something. was called yeah this week it's invited mm -hmm. yeah i probably should have reversed the two but i didn't and so no, we are it's fine whatever but it's also january 30th is our congregational meeting and so uh if done correctly the pastor will tie in the themes of the sermon inviting folks to love and serve in their participation in the life of the church uh in the same way that jeremiah was invited by god and Paul invited us to love. So mm -hmm. that's that's the, the general way this thing is working itself out in my head as of right now. But again, open to the Holy Spirit and Damon's interpretation, as well as the input of the Tuesday noon Bible study class. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, those I believe are the uh, those are the three pillars, aren't they? <laughs> the Holy Spirit, Damon's interpretation. <laughs> Tuesday noon Bible study class. <laughs> Isn't that what's holding up the, the footstool or whatever it is? Well, I, I have actually referenced the Tuesday noon Bible study class in my last two sermons. So oh, yeah. they, they are getting a fair amount of play on Sunday mornings mm -hmm. in addition to the wonderful community that we have formed on Tuesdays at noon that anyone is welcome to join. So yeah. do think about joining us on Tuesdays at noon. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh role in shaping the sermon. Yeah, you've froze for a little bit there, but uh, but I think that we get the point. Um, and I mean, I guess I was being a little kind of facetious and joking, but like community, like the wisdom of the community is an important um, is an important part of of learning about the faith. And yeah, right. So so the Tuesday noon Bible study class is one of the pillars or the the, the legs of the tripod. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit is one of the pillars or the legs of the tripod. And then Damon, I believe you referred to Damon's input as one of the pillars or legs of the tripod. How are you going to spiritualize that one? Well, those are just the sources that you mentioned that you were going by. So I just, you know. Um, but if you're looking for uh, other sources, or if other folks are looking for other sources, uh, we got two of them that we're going to read right now. Uh, the first comes from 1 Corinthians. If you've been to a wedding in the last Ever? 100, 150 years, uh, you're familiar with this passage. 
Um, or if you've ever read the book of First Corinthians, <laughs> you've read, read this passage as well. So First uh, Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul writing, and it reads something like this. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the, complete, when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. This is my favorite part. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Uh, and that's how that one goes. Uh, and then also from the prophet Jeremiah, uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. And this is uh, part of the call narrative of Jeremiah, as you were mentioning, Greg, or the invitation narrative, maybe we want to say, as you were mentioning, right? Uh, and it reads, uh, reads something like this. So this is Jeremiah speaking. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak. For I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations, over kingdoms, to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow to build, and to plant. So ends that reading as well. Greg, what, what do you got? There's enough stuff here for about seven sermons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to zero in on Jeremiah's call story. And uh, I, I appreciate Jeremiah's humanness when he tries to make excuses for why he cannot do what God has appointed him to do. Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak. I am only a boy. And I do wonder, what are our excuses? Like, he claims youth is an excuse for why he can't do it. Do we have 
others that we know that would claim i'm too old god i can't do this or i'm too busy or i'm not tall enough or um whatever all these excuses that we can throw out there for why we say we can't follow what god has appointed us to do and god says nope you're, you're, you're smiling to yourself. Was it the tall comment? Yeah, I love the idea of someone's like, I don't think I'm tall enough for that. I just think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, if but your yeah. appointed job at the church was to take stuff off of high shelves, then perhaps your excuse would be, I'm not tall enough. Mm-hmm. And But it turns yeah. out God will provide a way in the ingenuity of a step stool. And so even if you are the one appointed to take things off of high shelves and you think you're not tall enough, trust that God has provided you the tools necessary to do what God has called you to do. Yeah, it's very, it's very Moses, um, right? Yes. Uh, he, said, you know, he says he can't. I think he also can't speak. He's not good with words. Yeah. Um, I think that he says. Um, it reminded me also a little bit of... of Peter, at some point, I think, you know, like, I'm not, I think, like, they're in a boat or something, <laughs> and, and Peter kind of realizes who Jesus is, and he says, I'm not worth, like, I'm not worthy to be in your presence, um, which I think is maybe a, a kind of a similar um, sort of a sentiment, but, um, yeah, the excuses is, yeah, an interesting thing to explore. Um, yeah, for sure that, um, you oftentimes will repeat a phrase, um, God doesn't, uh, call the equipped God equips the called. Mm -hmm. And I, I relate that to my own sense of call to ministry. Um, I don't believe that I was in any way equipped to be a pastor. Um, And yet I felt a call to be a pastor. That call was affirmed by the session of my church in Denver. That call was affirmed by my presbytery. And then God did in turn equip me to be a pastor, even though um, at the time I was not feeling at all equipped to be a pastor. And there are still some days where I don't feel at all equipped to be a pastor, (laughs) but God (laughs) continues to call. And so, um, Right. Uh, we should sing Here I Am, Lord, this week. Certainly could. Yep. I'm going to drop that in there. <laughs> yeah. I think there's some days and moments when I don't feel particularly well equipped to be a human being. There's that. Right? Right. I mean, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that that's a, a thing that folks can can relate to in a variety of perspectives you know maybe they don't feel really all that well equipped to be a parent or uh you know whatever the case might be but um but yeah but but that sense of trusting in god to help see you through in some way shape or form right and in this passage he you know says don't worry about don't worry about the fact that you're only a boy. And he, he literally gives him, God gives Jeremiah God's own words, um, which is how that, that equipment, equipping, I suppose, looks 
in this passage. So yeah, the Lord put out his hand, touched my mouth, and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. I think God seeks to put words in all of our mouths. The question is whether or not we get them garbled up with our own words, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes you run into the thing where there's a lot of people that claim to speak on behalf of God, right? Uh, and and if you listen, then you get, but they seem to be saying different things. That's a that's such a tricky you, one. Yeah, how do you sort that out? You know, I suppose wisdom of community helps us to sort these things out, and scriptural witness helps us to sort these things out as well. But, but yeah, I mean, like, there's no shortage of folks running around acting like they speak on behalf of God. I just want to point out, Damon is eking very close to what's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral, and so given his middle name is Wesley, I think that that has could something to do with it. What I mean by that, John Wesley, who is the founder and, and sort of chief theologian of the Methodist Church or Methodism, uh, ha- talks about a way of uh, how to, uh, is it interpret scripture or is it, no, it's, it's. I think it has to do with just like discerning what is the, what is the will of God or what is the word of God or, you know. Right. Discerning yes. like divine truth, that, or, you know, in some way, right. shape or form. And, and so, so and I learned about this in my Presbyterian seminary because I think there's wisdom in this. And so they taught us this Wesleyan quadrilateral and it's, it's um, are we going to be able to pull this off, Damon? It's no. the, the wisdom of community. It's lived experience. It's the, obviously the revelation of God and Holy Scriptures. And Damon is looking up what the fourth one is. Oh man, this should just be just an image. It should just pop up. It should just tell me what this is. Oh wait, hold on. Oh yeah, better accept those cookies <laughs> from the I like United Methodist from UnitedMethodistChurch.org. Uh, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Reason. How yep. did the Presbyterian miss the reason in the Wesleyan quarter of all of the ones? <laughs> that should have been the one I led with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Yeah. And they use the Wesleyan quadrilateral to do what? Uh, the phrase which has uh, uh, described the principal factors that John Wesley believed illuminate the core of the Christian faith for the believer. Yeah. So Christian faith looks like discerning the will of God for our lives looks like, and, and those, those four pillars. And I think those are, those are helpful, helpful things. Uh, Even, even though we don't claim Wesley, uh, we, we certainly like the Methodists and associate with them. And so Wesley had some wisdom and a bunch of our hymns uh, were written both by John Wesley and his brother in our hymnal. Uh, so we can, we can certainly pick up some wisdom. I'm going to send this uh, podcast to uh, Stephanie Hayes, the pastor over at Grace United Methodist Church, and she's going to laugh at us. Charles Wesley. I think his brother was Charles. I think it was Charles. Charles. And I think, I want to say there's like 15 or 20 of our hymns in our hymnal are written by Charles Wesley. And I think three or four written by John Wesley. Yeah. They're strangely warm hearts that they had. And that's actually ties in with this, right? That's John Wesley's call story. So Jeremiah mm-hmm. had this revelation from God where God spoke to him and told him, no, you're not too young. And here I'll give you the power to speak. 
when John Wesley asked, how did you know you were called by God? He said, I had a strange warming in my heart. And so um, whenever I have tacos with my Methodist pastor friends, I ask them if they're having a strange warming in their heart. Maybe you just want to see uh, if Stephanie wants to do a pulpit exchange this week. Invite the Methodist pastor to come preach on the Sunday that we do our congregational meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I, is this the Holy Spirit moving? Is that wisdom among us, David? You feel warm right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But uh -oh. yeah, I actually, uh, Greg Dolmage introduced me to this concept uh, when I was in high school. But he, um, he didn't, he hadn't picked it up as a quadrilateral. He had picked it up as uh, like four uh, legs of a stool. Okay. Let's see how he had picked it up. No. So he was a classmate of mine, but he went to the Methodist church. So. And his name was Greg. Mm -hmm. Greg Dolmage. Did he go to Methodist seminary afterwards and become a pastor? Um. No, went to went to Simpson College in Iowa, which is a Methodist college, uh, and then I worked. I mean, he's still at was well, last I knew. Like uh, worked for a church. He was maybe became a professor. I don't know. His parents would know. Um, I would encourage you to uh, to Google him after we're know. done recording our Monday check in. Yeah. And then so, you know, something else that I was kind of struck by this Jeremiah passage while we were reading it was the particularity of it. Um, I think we oftentimes, especially the verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Um, like we'd, I think we tend to read that as a very universal statement. And I'm like, oh, that's actually about me. <laughs> that little, that little bit, right? Um, but like, this is a this is a conversation between Jeremiah and God, right? Um, which I don't, I don't know. I was just kind of struck by that. So I think also there's and. Like there's something about the particularity of callings, right? That not everybody is called to be a prophet to the nations, you know. Um, you know, not everybody is called to be a Sunday school teacher, though some certainly are. Um, not everybody is called to to be a deacon, you know, or to visit the sick or to um, take a look at the spreadsheets for for trustees or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, so like the um, the, the I language um, kind of struck me as we as we were reading it. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that a lot, Damon. And I was thinking the same thing. It's like thinking about the excuses that Jeremiah makes for why he can't do it, and God sort of canceling out or nullifying those excuses. And I think there's a universality to that. There's a particularity to his call, but this universality to us thinking we're not worthy of the calling that God has placed in our lives. And then the calling itself, and Jeremiah is being called specifically to, to be a prophet, to be a point, appointed over nations and kingdoms, to pluck up and pull down, to build and plant. Obviously, uh, not all of us are called to be prophets, but all of us have been called by God 
to be servants of God's love in the world in one way or another. All of us will make excuses for why we think we can't do that. Um, and so I think there's some, there's some particularity to this, which is important. And there's also some universality to it, which I think is also important. <laughs> and I, I think the, the, the call to love is an important part of this, which ties into that first Corinthians 13 verse, right? Our, our call is to share the love of God, whether that means as a prophet over nations or whether that means as a Sunday school teacher, or whether that means as somebody who digs into the, the spreadsheets of the trustees, all of these are acts of love to help the church advance its mission of sharing God's love in the world. And first Corinthians 13 describes what that love looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, should we, should we switch to it? Should we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Cause we're going to read this during um, not a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, David and I we... have both read this verse this year in public settings and for both of us, it's been in the context of a wedding. Mm. Or maybe we haven't read it. Maybe we've had somebody else read it. No, I've read it. I think I read it twice. I know I read it at one wedding. I don't remember if I read it, read it at the other one or not. But um, And before we started this, before we started recording, I asked you what version of love is this word? that comes up over and over again. Um, folks will probably be familiar with the idea that the, when, it, when, when it shows up in English as love, it could be one of three or maybe four Greek words, um, each with their own sort of uh, particular uh, emphasis, right? Uh, so we have uh, philio, which is you know brotherly love, Philadelphia. Uh, we have eros, uh, which is romantic or erotic love. We have one other one, maybe, um, that I can't quite remember. <laughs> and then we have uh, agape, which shows up in here, which the confirmation students have been learning that agape uh, is a, can mean self-sacrificial love, right? Which completely changes how this <laughs> passage reads, right? Like, but if you read it, like, okay, so if you start at verse four, uh, or I mean, anywhere, right? If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have self-sacrificial love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Like, that's completely different than, but do not have a romantic partner. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Uh, and, it was not, and we're not talking about, like, brotherly love, or, you know, or familial love. Like we're talking about self-sacrificial love, right? Um, self-sacrificial love is patient. Self-sacrificial love is kind. Self-sacrificial love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Um, it, it, it just totally changes what this passage means. And yeah, I would keep going. Self-sacrificial love never ends, right? Prophecies are going to come to an end. Tongues will cease. Knowledge will come to an end. For we know only in part, prophesy only in part. But self-sacrificial love never ends because, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's a powerful exercise, Damon. Yeah, and not that like self-sacrificial love and and filial love or familial love and romantic love are mutually exclusive. You right, know, they, they they can all be sort of woven into one another, certainly. Um, 
and one hopes that one when one answers the covenant of marriage they um they certainly have doses of philos and eros but then mm -hmm. agape is also part of the love that they intend to share in the context of that covenant relationship right mm -hmm. yeah so you're saying that living out that sort of love may be part of the kind of universal calling of what it means to to live a life of christian faith i think that's the foundation of the call that god places on our lives and then that will manifest itself in different ways whether it's a call to to be a teacher and share that love with your students in a way that you're building them up or whether it's to be a pastor and then even in the context of volunteering or serving at the church right that underlying undergirding all of that is this kind of self-sacrificial love that's the call that's the invitation of god to all of us to love and to serve in this particular way and then yeah and i i, I still appreciate that you brought up spreadsheets because that is a form of love those who are willing to invest time and energy in the administrative ministries of this church uh that that is that is a profound way of loving this community, both our church community, but also loving our larger community through that kind of love. We were able to, uh, to more effectively serve our community in the past year. We were able to do that community grant project that we did, um, right. you know, and were it not for the administrative ministries of this church, we wouldn't have ended up with a budget surplus that allowed us to do that. And then were it not for the administrative ministries, we wouldn't have been able to organize that surplus in a way that was able to bless all of these other partners in our community. And so uh, never overlooking that. Um, I sometimes have to remind myself of that uh, when I'm bogged down in administrative details that this too <laughs> is ministry. This too is self-sacrificial love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I often I also think of this, um, passage sometimes when I think about um, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. When I think about in connection with like preaching and and that sort of responsibility, I seem to recall a, a <clears throat> preaching professor, you know, saying something along the lines, it's, it's really not hard to entertain people. Uh, it's, you know, it's really not hard to uh, get people like interested in what you're saying or um i don't think that she said razzle dazzle but that was my interpretation <laughs> uh of what she's saying i you know it's not hard necessarily to to razzle dazzle folks but but if there's no love in what you are saying or sharing if there's no meaning to it then it's yeah it's just noise Noisy guy or clanging symbol, yeah, and consistently preaching self-sacrificial love—that that can be hard sometimes. Yeah, or if yeah, if there's um, if folks can tell that they like cute. <laughs> uh, what's the teaching phrase? Like, uh, kids don't—they uh, don't care about what you know until they know that you care. They don't care what you know till they know that you care. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's true of like fellowship groups as well, right? And I mean, church is just a big fellowship group, right? But uh, we don't really care what other people think about things until we know that they think about us, I guess.
<laughs> yeah. Now that I say it that way, it sounds a little narcissistic, but that's fine. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, I, I I get I get where you're going with that. The, the the grounding has to be in this agape, self-sacrificial love. That that is that is the basis of our life together as the body of Christ. It's also the basis of our call to how we serve the world as the body of Christ. And without it, uh, we have nothing. Oh. And I think this connects back also to uh, to this past Sunday. Um, and Jesus, right? This was the the year of the Lord, right? Sunday where Jesus reached the year of the Lord's favor. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> to recovery of sight to the blind, uh, let the captives go free, um, uh, liberate the oppressed. Right? I mean, those are all those are acts of all self sacrificial love. Yeah. So. Yeah. Think it'll preach. Or do you think I should just uh, do a pulpit supply, pulpit exchange with the Methodist pastor this week? Yeah, I mean, see, see if she's available. That's that's all that I'm, all that I'm saying. <laughs> then you can put more time into the into the PowerPoint for the congregational meeting. I, I could do that. I actually, um, I, I read the. The annual report this morning that was uh that was my early morning reading oh. um and was really moved by by what i read in there and hope that the congregation has a chance to to download and read that themselves because it's um well it's this first corinthians 13 self-sacrificial love uh you know in black and white and it's uh it's so pretty the, powerful and moving stuff yeah uh so the, the annual report, there were copies uh, on Sunday. Uh, I assume it's going, it'll be made available via PDF. Uh, it'll be emailed uh, to folks as well uh, in preparation for the annual meeting, which is this coming Sunday following worship at 1030. Uh, what else do we need to know about that? That was a smooth segue and transition into our announcements, Damon. Thank you. Minor in segues. <laughs> I think uh, a note that there's not going to be any 8.30 worship service on Sunday. We're encouraging everyone to attend the 10.30 worship service and then stay for the annual congregational meeting. I'm going to do my best as I design that worship service today uh, to make sure that the worship service uh, ends in a timely manner and we roll right into our congregational meeting and that that too will uh, end in a timely manner, all of course subject to the moving of the Holy Spirit in all of it. But yeah, so uh, that's that's the plan for next Sunday. We will have our uh, Sunday school hour starting at 9.15 next Sunday, but no 8.30 service, but Sunday school at 9.15 for all ages, including uh, an adult ed forum. Do you want to tell us about that, Damon? Yes. So uh, a forum <clears throat> makes its return for the winter, spring semester. I don't know how we talk about that, really. But um, we had a three-part series led by Andy Springer, who works as a hospice chaplain uh, for St. Croix Hospice. And Andy spent time as the uh, pastor at our, our neighboring Baptist church for, for a few years and then worked at Good Sam for a little while as well. Um, but he's going to lead a three-part <clears throat> forum series on 
on mortality, uh, on death. So he'll share some of his uh, experience as, uh, as experiences as a hospice chaplain. He'll talk a little bit about kind of the history of the development of hospice and the, uh, the history of how we have worked with accompanied folks who are dying. You know, uh, once upon a time, most folks died in their homes. Uh, that has changed. And he'll talk about kind of the, some of the development of, you know, funeral homes and um, the funeral industry, for lack of a better term or phrase for that. Um, and also spend some time, you know, encouraging, helping the folks reflect on their own mortality. Um, and the phrase that, one of the phrases that he used, which um, I really liked was talking about, spending some time talking about the the blessings that come to us when we accompany those who are dying. And so I think that'll be a really interesting conversation and opportunity for folks. And on one of these sessions, the Caring Voices Choir, um, more commonly known as the Hospice Choir, members of that will come and join and share some of their uh, reflections and experiences as well. So that's a three-part series that starts this Sunday uh, January 30th at 9.15 in the Lydia Room. Uh, it will also be hosted via Zoom. So if folks want to join via Zoom, they uh, contact the church office and we'll make sure that they get the Zoom link for that as well. So yeah, that's that. All right. Um, everything else is, is sort of full steam ahead. Uh, we are uh, Session did meet last week and we talked about uh, the Omicron variant spreading and what that means for us. And um, the session really reflected on the South Heartland District Health Department's advice about taking a layered approach to protect ourselves from the spread of this disease. And that layered approach includes staying home if you're sick, uh, washing your hands, wearing face masks, social distancing, if you're gonna be indoors, being in a place with proper ventilation, and, um, and then also getting your vaccinations and your boosters. And uh, Session affirmed that this church has consistently advocated for all that. Um, and so we're gonna do our best to, to, to stay open and continue to continue operating uh, as, as faithfully as we can. In the context of this, we will offer remote opportunities for things like adult ed classes and committee meetings. And, and of course our worship is available remote as well, but we will continue to do in-person stuff as well. The, the one hole in that layered approach that we were worried about is people taking off their masks to eat uh, when we have events in the church that involve food. And so Session has voted to suspend serving food in the church for at least a month while we uh, hopefully will watch this Omicron variant subside. So that means any ministry that involved food will be suspended. That, that, that would include funeral luncheons, the Presbyterian women's luncheon, um, and our Wednesday night live meals. So we're still doing Wednesday night live programming. So if you have elementary age kids, still bring them at four o'clock. Just plan to come pick them up at six o'clock. Uh, and know that they might be hungry when you pick them up. Uh, and if you have youth, uh, drop them off here either at 620 for bell choir or 645 for youth choir, and then they'll stay through youth group, um, but brought, drop them off fully fed. Uh, so we're not going to be able to feed them uh, for now. So that, that's for a month, and we're going to continue to monitor uh, this disease and do our best to try to keep our both our church family and our larger community safe and healthy. So that's what's going on with that. If you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me or to any members of session. Uh, we can talk you through that decision and how it was made and would love to be in conversation with you about that.
Yeah. And if folks are curious about some of the data behind that, then they should go to the South Heartland uh, Health District website and, and check it out. So uh, there's, there's plenty of information available related to that. So um, what else? Anything else? And I think we covered most of it. Yeah. Seems like it. So uh, closing prayer? Yeah. Let me do that. Let's uh, let's pray. Gracious God, help me to not be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Help me to realize that prophetic powers and mysteries and knowledge and faith are important, but they've all got to be undergirded by love. May love be the foundation of our life and our call to ministry and our call to how we interact with the world. And may it be a self-sacrificial love. May each of us read about that love in 1 Corinthians 13 and realize that that's, that's the invitation to all of us. May we accept that invitation and go out in the world and love in that way with patience and kindness, without arrogance or rudeness, without irritability or resentfulness, May we rejoice in the truth, bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things in self-sacrificial love. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.